0: Welcome to another episode of your Weekly Baseball History Podcast. This is Two Strike Noise. I am 0.49% of the show. Mark A. Johnston joining me from the Pacific Northwest. Another 049 of the show. Mark,
1: how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm still coming down from the big all-star rush. Uh, I had a great time, and it was a fun game and all that cool stuff. And uh, ready to... Um, Ready to focus on the second half of this baseball season.
0: Mark, if I'm 0.49 and you're 0.49, what happened to that other 0.02%?
1: You know, I think some things are best left
0: unsolved. Okay, well, I was going to say it's the listeners, but I think oh. that's that's a pretty low percentage. That's of, a nice idea, though. Yeah, well, they're not vested yet. You know, we've only been doing this for like four years, so there's still a little bit more. I think it's five years, and then they get vested. Then they will be thirty three percent of the show. Okay, that's fair enough. All right, sounds good. So everybody, just hang in there. You're almost there. Uh, let's get uh, let's get right into it, Mark. We got to uh, warm up because that's what we do here in our first segment called batting practice, where we got some just what, what do the what do the uh, the boomers say bits and bobs. Or is that, <laughs> is that
1: even before is it? them?
0: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's, let's look at some of these things. Now, you sent me this. You texted me this. And uh, we had a debate with our... Well, we didn't really have a debate. You and I and, and our buddy Mitch, we talked about this. The Legends All-Star Home Run Derby. Yes. This is uh, something that I guess is from the mind of Ken Griffey Jr., guess he and Albert pools were kicking this around during the all-star game thinking that they could hang with the kids Uh, and uh, they want to do a, they want to do a home run derby.
1: Yep. The, uh, the retired players are are thinking about uh, taking some more cuts. Yeah.
0: Now where, where do you stand on this idea?
1: I don't know. You know, it's tough for me because I think it'd be fun to see these guys get back in the cage and take some swings, you know, at the home run derby in the same manner It's like, you know, let's remember the really good days when you guys are on top of your game, you know, stuff like I don't want to see anybody break their arm or something silly like that.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like when Gordy Howe skates out there at 80 to take a face off and then leave the ice, you know, to say, well, I've played in 18 different decades. You know, (laughs) it's like I don't think (laughs) plus I just don't think these guys, no matter how much they train, they're not going to be able to get back in shape you forwarded me the article from the athletic and and I read that there's some different ideas it wouldn't probably be the format that we're you know we see with the the current players where they're going out there in 3 minutes and hitting as many as they can it might revert to something like the early days of the of the derby or even the home run derby TV show where you know you yeah. you, you play 9 innings you get three outs per inning, it's a home run or an out. I still don't think a lot of these guys are going to be able to do that or at least hit many home runs, but this was my thought. So the names being thrown around, Ken Griffey Jr., Albert Pujols, uh, I think it was, was it Ryan Howard or somebody, (laughs) and Big Poppy. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Ryan Howard or not, but uh, what would your dream 4 be if this was going to actually be... Or no, it was Frank Thomas. That's who it was, Frank Thomas. Uh, what would your dream for be here? I wouldn't mind seeing Jim Tomey in there. Yeah, I think he was in there too. I Maybe I'm just, I'm just getting all my names mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a lot of them. I think it was Tome and Thomas and then uh, Pujols and Griffey.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of weird because you kinda of gotta stay away from the, the Roy guys. Yeah, that's
0: right. No Big Mac, no A Rod. But uh, let's think of some names if we've gotta do this. I, I do want Frank Thomas in there. I think he look I mean those uh those pills he's pushing, you know, for the high <laughs> T, they're really gonna help him here, I think, get the advantage. Uh Big Poppy, I don't know. I don't he, he could either get in there and hit fifty or he could get in there and just pop up a couple of times. I don't know. Yeah. what are, about I, Albert Bell? <laughs> uh, have you seen pictures of Albert Bell lately? I,
1: I, I want to see him take his cuts.
0: Yeah, I mean, he is, uh, I mean, listen, we're not body shaming anybody, especially you and I here, but, uh, you know, he is definitely not in playing shape. He's uh, in
1: softball playing shape.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Jose Canseco, I mean, he's in the, the steroid camp, but he's the one that's always challenging everybody to a that's home true. run derby. How about Vlad Sr.? Absolutely. I think he could still do it, to be honest. Uh, Ryan Howard. I I don't think anybody's seen Ryan. I don't even think Subway knows where Ryan Howard is at this point. Um, So (laughs) I'm not sure if if he could do it or not. Yeah, I, I think we'd have to come up with some some good names to get me interested. And I also think beyond the format, make it softball. Give, yeah. give them aluminum bats and make it softball, because that's going to be much more entertaining. You're more likely to get some moonshots. I think that's the way they really need to go.
1: If, if the players would go for it.
0: Yeah, you know? I know. It, maybe their egos get in the way and they're like, no, I want baseballs and a wood bat. You think they let my boy Bagwell play a little bit? Uh, you know, there's a there's a name you could throw in there, I guess. Yeah, yeah,
1: that could it could be entertaining. It, it could be tragic.
0: Yeah. let's well let's put some more thought into it and 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 we'll see you know maybe Frank Howard instead of <laughs> Frank Thomas. Sure.
1: uh so
0: let's put some uh, hey let us know if you've got a if you got a dream for uh, legends not not old-timers but legends uh, all-star home run Derby let us know
1: yeah like not Mickey Tettleton well,
0: well now that would be, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest <laughs> I would love to see Mickey Tettleton.
1: I actually would too, to be honest.
0: <laughs> I just want to see Mickey Tittleton. Period. Uh, maybe Josh Hamilton. Maybe he's. Oof. Hopefully, he's doing well. I don't know. Well, I hope so. Uh, let's see some other things we've got to talk about. I got to talk about this. Our friend Daniel Hareen. You know the pop fly, pop shop. All these great uh, things he does. These these pieces of art. The. People that he's working with are incredible. Did you see what he's doing here, Mark, uh, very shortly? With the Hall of Fame? That was a couple of weeks ago. That was incredible, yes. It really was. To do the the guys going into the Hall of Fame and and to have the Hall of Fame and, and the players be on board. But August 17th and 18th, he is going to be hosting a uh, pop fly at the field of dreams event in Iowa. That's
1: right. Yes, I did see that. That's exciting.
0: So how cool is this? He's going to have a bunch of people there at the actual field of dreams site. They're going to watch the movie. They've got some things planned. Uh, You get some special swag bags uh, with some special pop fly stuff in there. He does such cool things. I'm really curious to see what kind of, uh, kind of art he comes up with for this. And, uh, of course, I, are they playing the, the game there this year or are they playing it somewhere else? Um, MLB. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're playing it somewhere else this year, but it's still uh, still cool to... I, I do want to visit the Field of Dreams, but I'll put a, a link in the show notes if anybody's interested. Anybody there in the central time zone, I think you need to get on this and probably need to do it quickly. I'm sure that there is a limited number of these. So,
1: Yeah, and, and if you haven't seen Daniel's work, check out the Fly Pop Shop. It is stunning. It's incredible. It's my, some of my favorite stuff.
0: Yeah, or go. You you can find it on MLB Network. You can find it on the Hall of Fame website. He's everywhere. So uh, congratulations to continued success for him. You bet. Uh, and that's really cool. A couple of weeks ago, Mark, we did trades that almost happened but never did, and I mentioned the one that kind of blew both of our minds: the uh, Ted Williams and Joe DiMaggio trade that almost yes. happened. Well, and Yogi Berra too. Let's not uh, let's not forget that. I saw an incredible stat. That I had never seen before. Uh, during Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak, he hit 408. He had a 463 on base and a 717 slugging percentage. So that is an OPS of 1.181. Pretty That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Ted Williams, during that same time period, during uh, Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak, he hit 412. His on base was 540. That's sick. <laughs> His slugging was 684 for an OPS of 1.224. <laughs>
1: that ain't even fair.
0: It's like, okay, well, I'm not getting all of the press because I'm not getting hit in every game, but I'm still doing everything <laughs> like exactly the same as Joe DiMaggio.
1: Yeah, that, those are some numbers uh, that, that you can talk about.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I found this. Here's a, a news clipping from 1922. And the headline reads, boy who got ball and stands found not guilty of larceny. <laughs> so okay. in Philadelphia, little kids at a baseball game and there's a foul ball. He goes and gets the ball, puts it in his pocket and heads out, heads back home. Well, that was not allowed. Taking ball, you were supposed to give them back for, for a very long time. The sheriff came down, arrested him, spent a night in jail, or as they called wow. it, the house of detention. Uh, the judge in the, in this case said that the boy was acting on natural impulse and he was uh, not guilty of larceny. He went, uh, I I'm assuming that was a sponged from his uh, record. Hopefully he lived a, uh, fruitful life after that. And that didn't follow him around.
1: Man, I, I wonder what he could have got for that on eBay.
0: Well, now we could probably get quite a bit from it. <laughs> But, what do you mean eBay wasn't around? Well, it was, uh, he did before it's interesting enough. Before he left the stadium, he went down and got it authenticated. No, <laughs> okay, good. He, you know, so he has, you, there's, there's papers for it, so it's worth something at least. So, Mark, we've been getting a lot of listeners. I love it. I love it. A lot of listeners have been sending us their immaculate grids. A lot of smart people out there listening to this show, which. Maybe we need to give them
1: more ownership because they're smarter than we are <laughs> well, yeah, well when we got into this, we knew they were going to be smarter than us, yeah. yes
0: yeah i I will tell you this uh I think it was monday 's grid this week. It took me the entire day, but I got it i got I got nine of nine, but I was not going to put down answers until I was darn well sure that it was correct
1: i i uh, I'm, you know i realized i 'm better on the category where it says one, a silver slugger or MVP or whatever than I am with the two teams. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. I found an article that uh, calls these uh, players cheat codes yep. because you can use them again and again. And I thought I'd share a few that we might be able to use in the future immaculate grids. Well, for I mean example.
0: beyond Ricky Henderson, who right. I will work in. It's it's about four or five times a week you can put Ricky Henderson in one of those one of those boxes.
1: Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, I was actually going to mention a couple of pitchers, Edwin Jackson. Yep, definitely. 14 teams he played for, including the Diamondbacks, Marlins, and Rays. <laughs> Which those are definitely some of my weaker teams. Right. <laughs> so remember Edwin um, Tevio Dotel. Yep. Uh, 13 different teams. And you can use him for the Rockies and the A's and the Mets. Yes, Rich Hill. Oh, Rich Hill, forty-three uh, years old with the Pirates this year.
0: Yep, he's uh, another A's, Red Sox, Dodgers.
1: Uh-huh. Uh huh. How about Mike Morgan? Oh yeah, yeah, Mike. Yeah, Morgan. he twenty-two years finished with the Diamondbacks. So,
0: what about Jamie Moyer? Just because he pitched for oh, he was seven hundred forty-three years. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Throw a few more in, Matt Stairs, Ron Vallone, Miguel Batista, you know. So there's it's, it's a good idea to familiarize yourself with players that have played for a lot of teams if you really want to get good at the Immaculate Grid.
0: Yeah, so you got Bartolo Colon too, but uh, there was a, a pitcher that I was trying to remember the other day. And, uh, I remember him because one, he was a very emotional, he was, he was Latin. He was very emotional. Uh, whenever his team was eliminated from the playoffs, they always had a shot of him crying in the dugout. I just, yeah. I always remember that. He also hit me with a pitch, uh, at Turner field. He was warming up, hit me with a pitch. Nah, didn't even acknowledge it, <laughs> but, uh, Julian Tavares, I think he played for like eight or nine teams. Another one of those guys played for everybody. So there's, yeah. There is another name, some simple names like Fred McGriff. I mean, he played everywhere. Gary Sheffield. I use him a lot. I used Nolan Ryan this last week, too. Did you? You
1: had four teams there.
0: Yeah. Well, but I used him for because I did not put him in the Rangers Astros box. I put him in the 200 plus wins or whatever it was that day. But I avoided the easy one. Let me put it that way.
1: I actually had one it was uh, Milwaukee and Seattle Mariners, oh. and I came up with a point oh six or, or a point six percent, and that was Jeff Cirillo. Oh, well,
0: I went with Daniel Vogel back
1: on that one. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Cirillo, as we used to call him, Sir Thrillo. <clears throat> anyway, all
0: right, Mark, uh, we've got some debuts today. Uh, this show is set to debut on July nineteenth. We say that because we never know when it's. <laughs> it's been busy the last couple of weeks. July nineteenth, a lot. This is a big day for debuts, by the way. One of the strongest, I think, we've ever had. This would this would be a good start to a team. So first of all, making his debut today in eighteen ninety seven. Stop me if you've heard of this guy, Honus Wagner.
1: I I believe I've heard of him. Yes.
0: Yeah, Honus Wagner made his debut. Did you know that Honus Wagner uh, also pitched?
1: I did not know that.
0: Twice in his career. He was uh, apparently in some blowout games, I'm assuming. Uh, Once in 1900, he came in for one game, mopped up three innings in relief, finished the game, three hits, three runs, none of them earned. He walked four and struck out one. Uh, then two years later in 1902 again came in pitched the final five and a third innings (laughs) only gave up four hits two runs no earned runs walked two struck out five no earned runs again no earned runs again his career era is 0.0 with 8.1 innings pitched
1: very nice honus
0: yeah six walks six strikeouts I am very curious. Uh, I'm going to look this up. We'll we'll come back to this next week. Very curious to know what the circumstances were. Were those blowouts, were they at the end of the year and he's like, hey, Skip, I want to pitch today? Or what's happening? Yeah,
1: injuries, what? Who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, he played all over. Uh, If you look uh, look at his positions, I'm looking at standard fielding, outfield, second base, third base, third base, third base, second base, shortstop, uh, I don't believe he ever caught, but beyond that he played every other position. Uh, of course, uh, was not a unanimous uh, was not a unanimous <laughs> Hall of Fame selection. He went in <laughs> in, in
1: 1936 with 95.1%. <laughs> who, who was voting and what was their criteria? My gosh.
0: Well, again, now let's uh, let's put this in, in context because this was the very first Hall of Fame uh, class. So uh, he went in with Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, Christy Mathewson, and Walter Johnson. So, yeah, those guys are pretty good. Yeah. And it, there's a good episode if you're catching up to go and, and listen to our Hall of Fame episode from a couple of years back. But, you know, you got guys like uh, Nap Lajoie, Tris Speaker, and Cy Young and Rogers Hornsby who did not get in that first time. So, not.
1: Still, somebody voted against Honus Wagner. I just, I, that's hilarious.
0: Well, I yeah, you know, but I th- I'm going to stick up for him here because those names that I just read off that didn't get in, you know, they're like, hey, these are all great players. I mean, it's kind of hard to pick. That's like picking your favorite pet.
1: My favorite pet belongs to someone else. Is that a problem? Oh, I'll tell my
0: dog. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know which of my dogs is your favorite, but I'll tell them both that they're both your Probably
1: Poe. He's a good boy.
0: He got uh Steak Shack uh, uh Shake Shack today. Oh, wow. It was a special day because uh, his sister, Ahsoka Tano, is no longer on a special diet. And so we take them big treat when they get to go to a Shake Shack and get just a plain hamburger and some fries. So nice. Big day here in this household. Uh, let's see. Also making their de- debut today, another person you might have heard of, Bob Feller. Mm-hmm. The heater from Van Meter, one of the best. I mean, there's, there's rapid Robert, but the heater from Van Meter is frankly one of the greatest nicknames uh, ever in baseball yes. young kid when he when he came up first made his debut at age 17 he's a hall of famer pitching triple crown winner eight time all-star member of the 1948 cleveland uh, you know team era title winner and uh, major league player of the year Pitched for 18 years, 266 wins, 162 losses, 325 ERA, and a lot of black ink, and also lost three prime years, uh, ages yes. 23, 24, and 25 uh, while he was serving in the military. So just a great, great player.
1: Yeah, that's that's impressive stuff. Um, Bob Feller was was considered possibly the best right-hander of the the decade there. So I would have a hard time arguing against that.
0: Yeah. Those three years prior to him going and serving in the military led the league in wins, uh, led the league in ERA. One of those three seasons led the led the league in inning pitched in all three in strikeouts in all three. I mean, there is so much black ink here. If this was a newspaper, my hands would be filthy at this point. I remember going to an A spring training game in Phoenix uh, back when they were playing at Phoenix Municipal and uh, throwing out the first pitch. Here he is, Rapid Robert, Bob Feller, and he walked down from the stands right past me and threw out the first pitch, and uh, remember, that was I, pretty cool.
1: I had something like that happen in Tacoma. Same idea. You know, he was just making his, his rounds, and uh, afterwards, they said, hey, you can come down to the ticket office and, and meet Bob Feller and get autograph." And I just remember he was just this curmudgeonly guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, all right, I'll be happy to sign the balls and all this other junk you people have. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> like, at him. Okay. I'm like,
0: what's rapid about this guy? I mean, I would have loved to have seen him in his. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen a 17-year-old Bob Feller going out there. Oh, but geez. Can you imagine? Yeah. Just uh, incredibly Great pitcher. Uh, Like I said, Hall of Famer. Uh, Also making his debut today in 1964, El Tiante, Louis Tiant. Somebody that maybe should be in the Hall of Fame, but is not. But Louis Tiant, three time All Star, won two ERA titles. For some reason, I I always think of him as as a reliever, but he was not. He was a starter. Obviously, when you think of Louis Tiant, you think of a couple of things. You think of that mustache. Yeah, that I'm going to I'm going to try and grow that mustache for fantasy camp this year, I think. The Tion. Yeah. Is that oh, is it called the Tion? It's like a real. Yeah, yeah, I just named it. Oh, OK. Well, uh, you think of that. You think of his uh, his motion when uh, when he's pitching kind of like uh, Fernando Valenzuela. Like he kind of corkscrewed, didn't he? When he was when he was. Yeah, uh, he, he would twist. Yeah. Uh,
1: almost with his or with his back to the batter. And and he hid the ball so well, yeah. You know, by doing that, and he would whip around and just chuck it. Yeah, it was. It's a weird, one of the weirdest windups, and very, very unique, very effective uh, as well. Very, <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, let's see. Also, uh, cigars. That's what I think of when I think of Louis Tian. Always has a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> That's awesome but He's from Cuba, though He's Cuban, yeah. so I, I see that yeah. uh, Let's see uh, Overall, in his career 229 wins, 172 losses 3.30 ERA A good deal of black ink here as well One of which he lost 20 games in 1969 With a 3.7 ERA So I'm going to say <laughs> wow. that was not a great team that <laughs> He gave up 37 home runs, though And also led the league with 129 walks So he didn't have a great season himself. Apparently his uh, father also played. Father played in the Negro Leagues. Looks like he played for the New York. Well, he played for the New York Cubans for (laughs) for eight years. Perfect team for him. I'm wondering how many Cubans were on those teams. And if that was a thing. Kind of looks like it might have been. It looks like there's a couple of guys that might not have been Cuban. But there's a lot of Cubans and Dominicans on that team. Okay, still, we've got more. I, that's not even enough. Making his debut in 1982 today, Tony Gwynn. Oh, nice. I mean, this is a star-studded debut day. Uh, of course, Tony Gwynn, Captain Video, Mr. Padre, he's a Hall of Famer, 15-time All-Star, five gold gloves eight batting titles, seven silver Sluggers, one of the best basketball players in San Diego State history, the brother of Chris Chris Gwen, father of Tony Gwen. I mean there's a lot to go over here uh, but we uh, fortunately we talk about Tony Gwen all the time so uh, just a lot of black ink here another one of those incredible players. I think he might be the best hitter that you know kind of our generation that we've got to see play.
1: Yeah, I mean, just see, we've gone over before his prowess with a bat and what kind of incredible uh, eye he had. And we've talked about the, the cool stuff he's done, you know, not swinging and missing for games at a time.
0: Owning uh, uh, the the the, uh, the Braves' big three, Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, owning yeah. them. And,
1: well, you know, it's, uh, it's always fun to talk about Tony Gwynn.
0: And let's not forget when we had Vance Law on, Vance coming in in some mop-up pitching duty got Tony to pop out, and uh, Tony said at one point said that that was the one bat in his entire career he'd like to have over again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if he just said that to to Vance, but still, nonetheless, classy move if it was Tony Gwen. You gotta love him. Yeah. A couple of others here i just touch on quickly. In 1974, Bruce Bakhti made his debut. And then today, in 1978, Bruce Bochy made his debut. <laughs> Scott Livingston made his debut in 1991, I presume. Uh, big well, score. That was good, man. You like that? He was a big yeah. score for me in the Immaculate Grid last week. Ooh. Big score, like 0. .02%. So I was pretty proud of that. And then finally, uh, not a debut, but just something that we've talked about on this show. Uh, It makes its rounds on social media. Oddly enough, not today, but it'll make its round on social media several times uh, throughout the year. Today, in 1982, it was the first old-timers All-Star Classic. It was played at RFK Stadium during All-Star Weekend. 29,000 fans were there. And at 75 years old, Luke Appling led off the game for the American League with a home run to left field off of Warren Spahn.
1: I love the video of that because it's almost like you're going, what is this old man doing? Like, you know, stumbling up to the plate. Boom. Okay, never mind.
0: (laughs) The bat speed (laughs) was still there. And it's a great video. I'm going to guess most of our listeners have seen it. They're social media savvy. And that comes across a couple of times a year when somebody discovers it and is like, oh, my gosh. So, (laughs) yeah, uh, that happened today. Uh, All of that happened today. Uh, June or what are we, July 19th. I forget what month it is, but uh, regardless, that'll wrap up our debuts. Also going to wrap up our BP segment and uh, the grounds crew is working quickly because we got a lot to fit in here with the rest of the show. And with that, Mark, I'm going to hand it over to you.
1: All right. Well, I was, uh, I was doing some reading and I came across this uh, interesting sort. This individual named Dick Higgum. That's H-I-G-H-A-M. His family was very, very English, and so Higgum, I got it from a British website, so you know it's right. He started, uh, this is back when, you know, it was base space ball. Okay, so his career started in in 1870. So we're going, we're getting in a way back machine here and, and talking about some, you know, late 19th century baseball. He played from 1870 to 1880. He was on the New York Mutuals. In 1871, played a short time for the Lord Baltimores. Have we talked about them? No, the Lord Baltimores? The Lord Baltimores. I like it because on baseball reference, they reference
0: them as the Baltimore Canneries. (laughs) Not canaries, but canneries.
1: OK, well, I see. That's half the reason I do some of the research as, as far back as I do, because I love the name.
0: <laughs> I love the Lord Baltimore is a lot better, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he uh, captained the, the Chicago White Stockings for a while and, and came back to the Mutuals.
0: Did you see that he is uh, he was a teammate of uh, we've mentioned this guy before, Lip Pike. I did not know that. With the uh, with the Lord Baltimore's, yeah. <laughs> Lip Pike, the old... by the way, with a very small chin.
1: <laughs> I heard he had it removed, actually. <laughs> it, was <a laughs> weird, it was just the thing of the day back then.
0: Chins were out. Yeah. Well, this guy was very cool. His full name was Lipman Emmanuel Pike. I thought Lip was a nickname, but no. Like Leo the Lip. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But with no chin. Okay, let's get back to Dick. All lip, no chin. Okay, yes, Dick Higgum. He uh, actually managed the mutuals for a little while. the uh, The team actually finished with a seven twenty five winning percentage. They were in first place. However, there were some rules back then that uh, dropped them uh, out of first place. They beat too many teams that had folded during the year, and so those wins were subtracted. How is that their fault? It's not their fault, but that's those were the rules. The teams that didn't quite make it, you ended up, those didn't count, and those were just exhibition games, apparently. Well, looking at the standings there, I'm going to
0: assume that the Baltimore Canneries slash Lord Baltimore's folded because they only went nine and 38. Yeah, there you go. And the heart, and I, we've talked about this team, the Hartford Dark Blues also yes. apparently might have folded. I think we should go back to that rule. And if a team folds, you you lose those games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. No teams have folded <laughs> since when? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's make that part of the deal. Uh, in 1876, the that was the year the National League of Professional Baseball Clubs opened, still called the National League. And uh, Dick actually played for the Hartford Dark Blues. Nice. That year. Led the league in wow. doubles, too. He did. He led the league in doubles. Uh, he played for the Providence Grays, where he led the league in doubles again, and total runs. Um, yeah, he, he managed a number of teams. He was best known as a catcher, and uh, but played second base in outfield and had a uh, lifetime batting average of three oh seven. Pretty good ball player. Why am I talking about him? Well, things move on here. Uh, something I thought you would like, Jeff, is, um his father, James Higgum, was a famous cricket player. Oh, nice! Yes, yeah, with the New York Cricket Club, uh, and there was there was an all star series back then from 1856 to 1860, and the American All Star cricket team would play the Canadian All Star cricket team. During that entire time, the American All Star team only lost one game. Kind of one sided, but I mean, if you if you if you were in the U.S., you got to go root for your team, and you were pretty sure you were going to win. Go cricket. He also played for the Troy Trojans in 1880, or I found also reference to them being called the Troy Haymakers.
0: Much better. I'm going I like the Haymakers. I, I like better. the Haymakers. Let's go with better. the Lord Baltimores and the Haymakers.
1: Well, okay. So, so Dick gets 10 years of a career in. It's pretty good for back then. And, but he still wants to be involved in baseball. He had umpiring experience because a lot of the times these guys umpired their own games or the manager, or the coach would umpire. And so he applied with the National League to be a professional umpire. And he was unanimously voted in. So Dick Higgum started the second part of his baseball career, umpiring. Back then you would assign an umpire to a team and the umpire would just be Part of that team's games, it's kind of a weird system, and it allotted for some strange things. To the home
0: sometimes. team, or they traveled with the team, and they were one of the umpires for every game.
1: The home team, okay. So he was assigned to the Detroit Wolverines, back to Troy, and then back to the Wolverines. Uh, the first year, he umpired fifty-eight National League games. There's a, a little part from his um, bio that I, I just want to read because it kind of gives you a little bit of insight. It says, uh, in any written account of baseball's early days, Dick Higgin's playing prowess and ability to lead teams certainly warrants a word or two along with the rest of early baseball pioneers. However, it is most often as an umpire that he garners unbridled verbiage to this day. He remains the only umpire to be forever disqualified from acting as such in any game of ball participated in by a National League club.
0: But the American League, he was good to go.
1: Just <laughs> if they wanted him. You know, controversy would be like in wrestling, dangerous Danny Davis. Oh,
0: uh, <laughs> I remember that. I got very upset. <laughs> Young Jeff was not sure that wrestling uh, wasn't real and was very upset when the... Uh, Referee started cheating. Yeah.
1: Yeah. See, and you're welcome for the obscure reference. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so um, there's not a whole lot into how things got involved uh, with, with the gamblers, but there was a gentleman named James Todd, and James and Dick apparently sat in on, in cahoots with one another, one a gambler, one an umpire. So in 1882, William Thompson, he was the mayor of Detroit and he was also president of the Wolverines. He started thinking, it seems like a lot of calls by Mr. Higgum uh, go the other way, go against Detroit. It just seems to be too many to just be coincidence. So he hired a uh, private detective and the private detective found a letter that Higgum had mailed Uh, Between him and Mr. Todd and it had a telegram code on how and when to bet. If it if the telegram said and I quote, buy all the lumber you can, it meant bet on Detroit. No telegram meant bet against them. Uh, They confronted Higgum and he was banished from baseball. And that is the a, a, a terrible story. I also found the letter. Here's a copy of the letter that was between Todd, the gambler and, and Dick Detroit, May 27th, 1882 friend Todd. I just got word. We leave for the East on the 3 PM train. So I will not have time to see you. If you don't hear from me, play the Providence Tuesday. And if I want you to play the Detroit's Wednesday, I will telegraph in this way Buy all the lumber you can. If you do not hear from me, Do not play the Detroits, but by Providence, sure. That is the first game. I think this will do for the Eastern Series. I will write you from Boston. You can write me at any time, care of Detroit Baseball Club. (laughs)
0: Can you believe that? If you I have, have any that.
1: questions about yeah. how I'm going to fix the game, just right. send the letter to the team I'm going to f- be fixing well, the games. It gets better. When you send me any money, you can send me a check in care of the Detroit baseball club. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be all right. He says it. It'll be all right. Wow. Uh, you'll see by the books I gave you the other day in what city I will be in. Yours truly, Dick. There was uh, the purported letter they, the confrontation and the firing and banishment of, uh, of the umpire, Dick Higgum. Yep. But, but there is a gentleman named Harold Higgum. I don't know what relation, but I'm assuming there's a relation. And I wanted to read something that he wrote about Dick Higgum. And that kind of puts a different face on it. Because as you know, everything back then, everything is part myth, part legend, part truth. Mr. Uh, the, the Higgum the Younger wrote, uh, of some further interest perhaps is the unsubstantiated hyperbole which was and has been written about the incident and his later life. For the benefit of history and future researchers, it can be stated clearly that Dick Higgum never confessed to any wrongdoing and denied such accusations. Never resigned from his position as a league umpire. His activities were not the subject of any investigations by any private detective, nor was he ever confronted by the findings of any private detective. He did not draw any suspicions of the owner of the Detroit team for their losing out on close calls or having close games go against them. In later life, he was employed on more than one occasion as a bookkeeper. He did not become a bookie or a race race, track tout. In Chicago. So interestingly, you get a defense of Dick Higgum saying all this stuff is hyperbole. You know, it, it was it, it was uh, some other reason. It probably was unfair that he was banned for life. Um, I, I didn't want to include that, uh, well, who just, that. who said that? Who said that? Was it like his son? Well, it, it says it, it was written by Harold Higgum. All right. So so and I don't know what relation, but I'm assuming relation. I'm going to assume so, too, too, which which means I'm going to take that with a little grain of salt. Well, exactly. And like I said, who knows what was myth and what was real from back then. But that's that's the story of Dick Hitton, the only umpire banned for life for fixing games.
0: He was uh, he was never fired. They just stopped paying him. (laughs) That's it. Eventually, it'll take care of itself. That's right. There's a there's a deep cut from Office Space for anybody. That's right. It's-
1: <laughs> Just take the red stapler, man. Yeah.
0: that's very cool. You got. I mean, that's a great story. You've got uh, you've got great team names. You've got yes. cricket. You've got the involvement of a gumshoe. I don't think it was a detective. I think it was probably a gumshoe must have been. I mean, it sounds
1: so much better. A very uh, non-cryptic letter <laughs> that was very incriminating. <laughs> and, and mailed, apparently, to care of the Detroit Baseball Club. Yeah, to write out a letter of that detail just to describe the code. It... That's why I had to read the whole thing, because it's just bizarre.
0: We're not dealing with uh, with somebody that's robbing uh, Fort Knox here. Uh, this no, is, no,
1: I, I oh. don't think the, this was uh, the highest level intellect gambler.
0: Ocean's Eleven. This is not. This is not right. even Ocean's Two. This is not not Arnold Rothstein. No. And by the way, uh, you can just send uh, send the money uh to, to the to the club. I'll pick it up there. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, with that, I'd never heard of Dick Higgum. All right. Thank you very much, Mark. Let us get into our final segment. Last week we did something a little bit different. We played a little immaculate inning slash grid. So we're gonna we're gonna go back to the old style today, Mark. We're gonna go back to a little wax packs here. That was like our all-star break for, for Wax Facts Hero. Yeah. So uh, looking up at the scoreboard right now, we are tied at seven apiece. So we went into the break uh, tied up, and this is usually where you start to pull away. So uh, let's go ahead and get into this week's. Uh, if you're new here, these are the rules. I've got a couple of packs of old baseball cards. In this case, we are looking at 1991 Fleer. Very Ooh. yellow. Yes. Very, very yellow. You might even call them ugly. <laughs> I call them gold is what I call them. Okay. Uh, so what we're going to do We're going to each open a pack of these And we are going to then look at the baseball reference war Of the year of the card As I said, in this case, 1991 We're going to add those up But there's a couple of things you can add or subtract to those scores Things that are good that will add more uh, more money uh, More war onto your score uh, Anything on the face That means glasses, mustache, eye black uh, Good sideburns Like Brady, Anderson, quality 90210 sideburns uh, If you have got a super good mustache we might even give you an extra bonus a tenth of a point if you're wearing real stirrups where we can see the actual sanitary socks underneath them that as well we're going to give you an extra half a point war for any awards you won such as rookie of the year cy young mvp if you were an all-star or won a gold glove if there's a hall of famer on the card whether or not they're the focus you're going to get a whole extra point as well and if either ricky henderson or nolan ryan show up in either pack if ricky henderson shows up i'm going to get an extra five points of war if nolan ryan does mark will get five points any kind of pop culture references like an imdb page we're going to uh, go ahead and give a half a point there if this player though was suspended for uh, ped or anything like that or appeared in the mitchell report that is going to be a minus half a point and uh, also two and ones don't want to forget 2-1s. If if they're wearing 2-1s, which I'm going to guess a lot of people are because these are from 1991, that's also a minus a tenth of a point. And then finally, Mark, you and I are both going to pick a team. And uh, just like Ricky and Nolan, if my team shows up in any pack, I'm going to get a half a point. And if your team shows up in either pack, you will get the half a point. So which uh, team are you going to go for this week?
1: Well, I was going to go for the uh, Troy Haymakers, but I think I'm going to stick with the Lord Baltimores and go with the Orioles. Very good. Very, very uh, on
0: brand there. All right. So uh, you're going to go with Baltimore. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with, you know what? I'm going to go with the team that uh, that Baltimore became before they were the Orioles. I'm going to go with the Yankees. All right. So we got that, Mark. I've got two packs of, uh, of, uh, the 91 Fleer here. I've got one in my left hand, one in my right hand. Which one would you like?
1: I'm I'm feeling left hand here. Alright,
0: I'm going to have you go first as uh, as I tend to do quite often because I like to save the uh, disappointment for last. So let's open up your pack here. It's a rack pack here so it's cellophane as opposed to uh, wax. But uh, you've got a sticker in here. I'm going to keep the sticker because it's a big New York Met sticker. And nice. uh, I'm going to find somewhere to stick that.
1: All right, that's all for you, man.
0: All right, uh, let's see here. You are going to start off, sir, with a catcher for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, it is Carlos Hernandez.
1: Carlos Hernandez. Remember him a little bit?
0: I do not. It is. It's just a very generic catcher name. There yes. is there is a Carlos Hernandez that is currently active uh, as a pitcher in uh, in the league for the Royals, but that is not who we're looking for. He was uh, a backup for Mike Sosha is what he was. <laughs> Let's see. Here's a, the actual Carlos Hernandez. Yeah. So uh, Carlos, well, you know what? As a backup catcher, he played for a decade. Yeah. Uh, 1990 through 2000, Period. seven years for the Dodgers. You're absolutely right. That is prime Mike Socha backup territory there. Uh, and maybe a little early Piazza. Yeah. Uh, let's see, three years for the Padres and one for St. Louis. In 1991, it was his second year in the league. Only appeared in 15 games. Uh, let's see, no home runs, one RBI, one stolen base. Very nice. At 214, average 250 on base and a 52 OPS plus, And that is going to equal a war of exactly zero.
1: <laughs> Thanks for not going negative on me, Carlos.
0: Now, uh, looking at this, he does have a mustache, but he also has two and ones. Oh, so that's that going to that's going to wipe uh, all that out as well. Unfortunately, yes, for you. yeah. So uh, nothing there. Oh, well, it, let's see. He was traded by the Padres to the Cardinals for Heathcliff Slocum. if you got him. Nice. So he's got that. Uh, he can always lean back on. But all right. So there's uh, there's your first one. I don't see any uh, any uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, no. Yeah. All right. Uh, Your next card is a Los Angeles Angel. Well, I guess at this point they were just California Angels. Uh, Kent Anderson. Not familiar with Kent Anderson.
1: Kent Anderson. No clue. So far, I've found nothing but big names.
0: (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Kent Anderson, two years in the big leagues, 1989 and 1990. So uh, you will be getting no points from uh, numbers on this one. Uh, Went to the University of South Carolina. In his two years, uh, let's see, he played just about everywhere except for catcher and pitcher. Overall, a lifetime 260 average, 318 on base, and 80 OPS plus. He had one home run, 22 RBIs, and one stolen base. And uh, overall, a .8 war for him as a career. In this card, though, he does have eye black, and he does have real stirrups, and he does have a mustache. Wow. So uh, you're actually going to get a a .3 out of that. Very nice. You got that going for you. I do not think there's going to be much in the way. He's the brother of uh, former MLB outfielder Mike Anderson as well, who I am unfamiliar with as
1: well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mike.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Mike Anderson. All right. Next. Oh, here's a name we at least know. And we also know he went to BYU. Uh, It is outfielder for Cleveland, Corey Snyder. Got some good lettuce under his under his batting helmet here. He always did. Boy, I'm, I'm struggling to see. It kind of looks like he's got a batting helmet with no ear flaps in on, which is cool. This is a good shot, though. It's a good card. It's uh, an old Comiskey because you, uh, you got the green box seats with the gold bars behind him. Mm-hmm. He is wearing two-in-ones, though, but you know he's got a mustache, and he also has eye blacks, so you've at least got one thing going for you there. Uh, Let's see, Corey Snyder played for nine, he only played for nine years. I would have thought he played for longer than that. I mean, Carlos Hernandez played longer than that. But Corey Snyder, nine years, five with Cleveland, two with L.A., then San Francisco, Toronto, and the Chicago White Sox. You should all be just taking in these teams that these guys play for because Immaculate Grid,
1: (laughs) it's right right. there.
0: Uh, Let's see, in 1991, he split time between the White Sox and the Blue Jays, 71 games, he only hit 175 with a 216 on base, three home runs, 17 RBI, and a 33 OPS plus. <laughs> that's that's not good, uh, and that is good for a minus 1.2 WAR.
1: Wow, that's a big minus
0: with the uh, the uh, eye black and the mustache, but also the uh, two and one stirrups. That will be a minus 1.1 for you. Corey Snyder, first round draft pick, fourth overall
1: in 1984 by Cleveland. I, I may have a pop culture reference here, though. All right. All uh, right. Uh, Amberly Snyder, which uh, apparently is his daughter, involved in professional barrel racing, was paralyzed from the waist down in a car accident when she was 18. She is the subject of the biopic Walk, Ride, Rodeo, produced and distributed by Netflix. Corey was portrayed in a film by Bailey Chase.
0: Oh, I think that's 100% counts. There you go. Not familiar with this movie, nor Bailey Chase. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him. I could see. I could see him. You could dye his hair blonde. But yeah, I could could see that. Also appeared in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, As the World Turns, Ugly Betty, Damages, and Longmire.
1: Nice. Wish I had that resume. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen, your resume is very impressive. Don't let anybody tell you different. (laughs) Yes. All right, so you're going to get half a point for that, so that's not too bad. You're at minus 0.3, though, so you've got some work to do here. Your next card is a Chicago Cub, and it is Luis Salazar.
1: At least I know who this is.
0: Yeah, I know. This is a name I am familiar with. Let's see Luis Salazar 13 years in the Big league seven with the Padres, four with the Cubs, two with the White Sox, one with the Tigers. 1991 he was 35 years old it's his second to last season with the Cubs he played 103 games, hit 258 at 292 on base, 14 home runs, 38 RBI and a 99 OPS plus and that is good for a war of 1.1 from Luis Salazar. okay. I cannot tell. I'm going to guess he's wearing two and ones, but I don't know for sure. So I can't ding you there. He does have a mustache as well. So that'll be a positive 1.2 from you for Luis Salazar.
1: Very nice. Yeah, that's a a big change.
0: Not bad. Uh, Something we like to see here when a position player pitches in 1987 for the Padres. He appeared in two games on the mound, two innings, two games finished. Two hits, one run. It was earned, one walk, two wild pitches. See, at one point he was traded for Ozzie Guillen. Oh, no, he was traded with Ozzy. I did not know Ozzy Gian played for the Padres, but there, well, at least he was in the Padres organization. Yeah, he never played for them. But he was traded with Ozzy to the White Sox. So, there you go. He helped the Tigers in a pennant race by filling in at shortstop for an injured
1: Alan Trammell. Hmm,
0: there you go. Part of that famed... Uh, Salazar to Whitaker double play combination.
1: It was famous for a month or something.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh let's see. So you're at positive point nine now. Yeah. And uh let's see. Oh, well, here's somebody that we like to talk about. I use this guy in in the Immaculate Grid every now and then as well. It is none other than Ellis Burks. I love Ellis Burks. Ellis Renna Burks. Uh let's see, 18 years in the big leagues. 7 with Boston, 5 with the Rockies, 3 with Cleveland, 3 with the Giants, and then 1 with the White Sox. There's another good guy to remember right there. Uh let's see. Overall in 1991, he was with Boston, 130 games, hit 251 314 on base, 14 home runs, 56 RBI, 6 stolen bases, 11 caught stealing. Oi, you gotta. <laughs> wow. Maybe not try that anymore. Uh, 98 OPS plus, and that will equal a 2.5 war. Okay. Looking at this, he's got a beard and a mustache, uh, so you will get that. So that'll end up being a, uh, what I say, a 2.6 in the positive. That's good. It looks like this is uh, definitely during batting practice at home in Fenway. He is standing in front of the dugout with his bat and a pine
1: tar rag. This is where I act surprised and point out that he uh, lost the junior college championship to Jay Buner in uh, McClendon Community College, as I've pointed out, I think, six times.
0: Well, you know, we got at least one new listener this week. <laughs> uh, let's see. First round draft pick in the uh, 83 draft. And uh, let's see, he was traded for Daryl Hamilton at one point. That's, uh, that's about the highlight of the, uh, the trading block for Ellis Burks and cousin of uh, former Major League outfielder Roosevelt Brown. Mm. Uh, that's about it for Ellis Burks. Uh, that'll take you up to 3.5. You've got three cards left here, uh, and you're not going to be happy about one of them, I can tell you that. But uh, next card here, Kevin Wickander. Leaf pitcher? I believe so, a lefty. I remember the, I remember the name Wickander. It's not Wicklander, it's Wickander.
1: Yes, Wickander.
0: Oh, look at that. He went to Grand Canyon University. Hey. Was it earlier in the show or was it last week? I mentioned the A's first round draft pick was who is Jack Wilson's son uh, played at Grand Canyon.
1: Yeah, I think that was earlier in the show.
0: Yeah, we're recording this over two days, so you have to forgive us. (laughs) It's a long time ago, (laughs) people. Long time for us. Uh, Let's see, overall six years in the big leagues, four with Cleveland, two with Milwaukee, one with Cincinnati, and one with Detroit. And uh, unfortunately for you, he did not appear in the major leagues in 1990. He went, let's see, in 1991, he pitched in Colorado Springs and Canton but was not up in the big leagues. Also appeared, apparently, in the CPBL in uh, 1994 for the uh, Uni President Lions. Hmm. So went 0-1 in four games and then probably got threatened uh, <laughs> for, not, uh, for not throwing games or just wanted to come home. So there' no war because they obviously didn't play this year, but looking at this picture, good news for you. Mustache and stirrups. Nice. So you'll still get a positive point two out of that. No pop culture references for Mr. Wickander. And uh, this one is going to be your second to last card, and you're not going to be happy about it because, uh, once again, it is Kent Anderson of the California Angels.
1: (laughs) Oh, ripoff.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't have to spend any time on that one. (laughs) I don't remember what his war was, though. Uh, Oh, he didn't play in
1: 1991. Yeah. No, he was 11.
0: Yeah, but he's got, uh, if you remember, he's got real stirrups, he's got eye black, and he's got a mustache.
1: There you go. So, overall, he gave you
0: .6, which is not too bad for uh, for Kent Anderson. (laughs) All right, and that brings us to your final card. Well, good news for you. It's a Baltimore Oriole, and that's your team. So, I'm going to go ahead and give you a half a point just right off the bat. It is Anthony Telford, pitcher.
1: Wow, I remember the name. But uh, yeah, I remember. I remember him. that
0: name as well. Let's see. Anthony played for nine years in the big leagues, five with Montreal. I think that's where I remember him the most. Hmm. Yeah, because that's right around when I was uh, working for Atlanta. And they would come through quite often. Three with Baltimore, and then one with Texas in 1991 with Baltimore. Nine games, four zero five ERA, twenty six two thirds innings, twenty seven hits, twenty four strikeouts. That's not too bad. One hundred ERA plus, and that is good for a WAR of point two. Uh, Mister Telford here has a mustache as well, so that will be a point three on top of your point five for being on Baltimore.
1: And he was in Married with Children.
0: Was he in the the 94 strike episode? No,
1: I read it wrong. He's married and has children. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) just messing with you.
0: I'm going to say you I My first thought was, why would Anthony Telford have been in that episode (laughs) of Married with Children? But okay, I mean, he might have been good at that point Uh, and in town. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) He was available and close. That was where some of the other uh, some of the other things. Oh, he went to. He was born in San Jose. Went to San Jose State. My parents' alma mater the Spartans. uh, Yeah, that is uh, it. It does say that he in uh, 2013 and 2014 he played in charity baseball games with other (laughs) retired players. All right. So uh, overall, Mark, that is going to be a score of four point eight
1: that's that's huge now
0: if i can't beat that i don't deserve to win i'm just gonna tell you that right now i
1: feel like i should have a multiplier or something
0: yeah yeah we should that would be a, a an interesting concept wouldn't it be <laughs> like it maybe would. if you if if you pull a ricky or a nolan that's the multiplier
1: yes. yeah i yeah, will f- thinking about it
0: yeah i love to think that through but okay let's go i got another part of the rack pack here for me wow Strong sticker game here. You had the Mets sticker, I got an Oakland A sticker. Sheesh, <laughs> boy, I think I will tell. Oh, look at this! It's got the top 10 leaders from uh, from the oh, it must be the franchise on the back because for home runs, it's got Reggie Jackson and then Sal Bando and Dwayne Murphy. Batting average got Carney Lansford and then Ricky. Definitely, uh franchise leaders. Well, I might beat you here on the first card. I'm oh, great. <laughs> uh catcher here for Cleveland, it's uh, Sandy Alomar Jr. Nice. I know he's coaching first base for somebody. It might be Cleveland too right now, but you know he's still on the field. But boy, he was uh he was a good player. Uh especially he beginning was. of his career. Let's see, six-time All-Star. He was rookie of the year in 1990. Uh good news for me though. 1991 he was an All-Star. Looks like he might have been hurt, though. Only 51 games. He hit 217, 264 on base. No home runs, 7 RBI. No stolen bases, 4 caught stealing. What? Those have got to be hit and runs. Wow, why they, try? They have, to, they have to be hit and runs. Overall, a 47 OPS plus. Yikes. And uh, that will equal a minus 0.6. Fortunately for me, he was an all-star. So that's a positive 0.5. So that'll be a minus 0.1. Uh, nothing else on this card is going to help me out. So that is going to be overall, I like, just a minus point minus 0.1. So well, he just got bigger. Strong start. I thought, you know, especially early in his career, I might get some, uh, get some help there, but no. No, no. Traded by the Padres with Carlos Baerga and Chris James to the, uh, to Cleveland for Joe Carter. I remember that. That was a big trade in 1989. Yeah.
1: It's Carlos Cheese Baerga.
0: Yes, that's right. Obviously related. Well, maybe not obviously, but uh, son of former major leaguer Sandy Alomar Sr. and man, he was manager too, and brother to Hall of Famer Roberto Alomar, aka Spitboy. I can think <laughs> spit of a, could think of a good name for Hello Spitboy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is uh, coaching for Cleveland along with Terry Francona right now. And I don't think there's anything that is going to get me any. All right. Uh, uh, Next, I got a picture for the buckos. It's Bob Kipper. I remember Bob Kipper. Yeah. I
1: remember him as a a pirate, too.
0: Let's see. uh, You might also remember him as a twin for one year or an angel for one year. But he was with the pirates for seven out of his eight years in his career. Look, oh, he came up with California in 85 and then was traded that season to Pittsburgh, where he spent the rest of his career until his final year in 92 uh, with Minnesota. In 91, though, with Pittsburgh, went 2-2 in 52 games, 4.65 ERA, 60 innings, 66 hits, 38 strikeouts, a 77 ERA plus. And uh, that is good for a war of minus (laughs) 0.6. And there is nothing on this card that is going to help me. He is clean-shaven, and uh, it's just a shot from the uh, waist up.
1: We got a barn burner here. Yeah,
0: we really do. Uh, Let's see. First-round draft pick by the Angels in 1982. Uh, The Angels sent Bob Kipper to the Pirates to complete an earlier trade that uh, included Mike Brown, Pat Clement, John Candelaria, George Hendrick, and Al Holland. Man. That uh, really reshaped the landscape of Major League Baseball as we knew it when that went down. Regardless, uh, I see nothing here that's going to get me anything pop culture related, which is shocking. Uh, let's see. Hey, at least these are names we know. Next for the Red Sox, I've got
1: Tim Naring. Oh, wow. I remember Tim Nehring. I think I collected him.
0: Well, do you want another one? Because I got one right here.
1: <laughs> uh, I think all mine are gone.
0: No, huh? well, then you might need this one. Uh, you probably sold them for great profit. Let's see Tim Naring played eight years in the big leagues all of it with the Red Sox. Uh, in 1991, his second year, he only appeared in 20 games. No home runs, three RBI. It didn't get thrown out stealing. Uh, batting average 109 on base 197 for an OPS plus of minus 10. He was 110 percent worse than average.
1: That's, that is solid.
0: That is good. Uh that's a war of uh minus 0. .5 and uh you
1: are cruising. Nothing
0: man. on this card is going to help me. out. Yikes. Uh is all I've got to say here. Wow, that will uh that will take me all the way to uh, minus 1.2. Oh my gosh, dude. You really need some help here. I'm I'm really trying for that minus. Uh we've never had a minus total, but I'm I'm really trying to. Nothing uh, nothing to do there pop culture-wise. Not surprising. Uh, let's see. Oh, we've got the Pope next. Chicago White Sox pitcher, Don Paul. Oh, he should be able to get you something, right? In the positive? He's the Pope. He's got to. Right? Uh, let's see. Don Paul, 10 years in the big league, six with the White Sox, three with the Fish. I, th- I seem to remember that. I think he, he must have been on those early teams. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one with Philly one with the whites uh, with the Cubs and then one with the Yankees 1991 with Chicago he went seven and two 51 games out of the bullpen 2.41 ERA but he was a vulture if uh, he had seven wins out of the bullpen uh, 71 innings pitch 59 hits 40 strikeouts a 166 ERA plus and that is good for a 1.5 so you were right the Pope yep. got me some, and he's got uh, he's got real stirrups on, so that'll be a one point six. So that gets me up to a positive 0. 4, Uh-oh. which uh, is still really pretty far away from your four point eight. These are it's these are like things
1: have been going, yeah.
0: These are like Beckett uh, edition <laughs> numbers here. <laughs> Does this count? Well, in college, he was a member of the Phi Sigma Kappa fraternity.
1: Hmm. No, no, it doesn't.
0: Neither. Okay, I just thought I'd check anyway. All right, uh, okay, I got a Hall of Famer.
1: Ah, there you
0: go. Yeah, this is going to help. It's going to help a lot because that's an automatic one, full one point right there. Uh, it is with the Cardinals, Lee Smith. Ooh. Friend to grounds crew everywhere, getting them that overtime. Let's see, uh, Lee Smith, I uh, mentioned Hall of Famer, seven time All Star, three time Roll Aids uh, Relief Man of the Year. 18 years in the big leagues, eight with the Cubs. Oh, boy, this is a good one for Immaculate Grid. Eight with the Cubs, four with the Cardinals, three with the Red Sox, two with the Angels, and then one apiece for Montreal, Cincinnati, New York, and Baltimore. In 1991, good news for me again, all-star. And he came in second in the Cy Young voting. Oh, boy. I think I might beat you with this one card. This game is over. Yeah, 6-3 six, uh, six and three record, 2.34 ERA, led the league with 47 saves, 73 innings pitched, 70 hits, 67 strikeouts, a 158 ERA+. Plus, and overall, a war of, oh, well, he's a closer. Let's not forget that. 2.3. Hmm. Now he is, uh, he was an all-star, so that'll be 2.8. He is a hall of famer, so that'll be 3.8. Of course, he's got a beard and a mustache, uh, but I think he also has two and ones. So I'm going to, oh. that'll, that'll wipe that out, but that'll you be a,
1: expected better from him.
0: Yeah, but that will be a 3.8, Oof. which with my positive positive point four puts me at 4.2. And <laughs> you know, so I'm with a couple of cards left. I'm right there. As long as I yes. don't go negative. All right, so nothing... Uh, I, I mean, Lee Smith was always kind of a surly guy, so I can see why nobody was jumping on trying to get him on <laughs> on their TV show. But, uh, yeah. yeah. All right, but that'll put me at 4.2. I got three cards left here, so I'm feeling I'm feeling yeah, confident.
1: it's looking tough for me.
0: Uh, here comes a guy. This is a... Oh, I like this card. Uh, he's a Met. We've talked about him before because we had forgotten about him. But uh, here he is, Kelvin Torvey. I think that's how you say his name.
1: I believe it's Torve.
0: T-O-R-V-E. It must be, because there's no pronunciation guide in baseball reference. They just assume we're going to know. Let's see. Three years in the big leagues. Two with the Mets, one with the Twins. In 1991, it was his final year. He was 31 years old. First baseman. So, uh, let's see. Ten games, eight (laughs) at-bats, zeros across the board except for one strikeout for a minus 100 OPS plus all of that. Oh, he's still a minus minus point two war. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got some uh, two and ones going on there. Ugh. So that'll be a minus minus point three. Now, it, old, uh, old rules I would have gotten some points because he's batting here with no batting gloves on, which is a good mm-hmm. look.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and a nice uh, Mets pullover jersey, which I always like that. Oh, wow. He was a teammate. Uh, when he signed in 92 with the Oryx Blue Wave teammate of a then 18-year-old Ichiro Suzuki
1: oh wow how about that
0: yeah and ended up batting uh 305 with 11 home runs 58
1: RBI looks like he played 2 years there good for him for sticking it out we see yeah. so many guys exactly. that are exactly like 23 at bats
0: <laughs> yeah no we 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 mentioned that a lot we're we're always uh, and Vance Law comes to my mind when he said I I signed a contract And I was going to, uh, you know, I was going to I was going to stick to it. Yeah. All right. So uh, I got two cards. Okay. well, this might help. I'm hoping I said that about Lee Smith. This is not a Hall of Famer, but man, this is kind of in his prime. First baseman for the Giants. It's the thrill Uh of
1: Will Clark. Uh Oh, this could be good. For you, anyway.
0: Yeah, almost, uh, almost a teammate of Ricky Henderson's in 1989 with the <laughs> Giants. Let's see. Will Clark, 15 years in the big leagues, 8 with the Giants. This is good because this is one of those players I always think of during Immaculate Grid and have to remember the teams he played for. 8 with the Giants, 5 with the Rangers, 2 with the Orioles, and this is the one I always forget, a lone half season in 2000 with the Cardinals. Hmm. Let's see, uh, 1991, he was an all-star this year and won a gold glove. So that's good. That's a whole point right there, which puts me in the lead temporarily. Uh, 148 games, he hit 301, 359 on base, led the league in slugging with 536 slugging average, 29 home runs, 116 RBIs, throw in four steals, and a 154 OPS+. Plus. And that equals a war of 5.1. It'll be 6.1 with the all-star and the gold glove. And he has got real stirrups, eye black, and flip-down sunglasses. Jeez. So that'll be a 6.5. That's all you needed. I feel like I've got this in hand now.
1: That's all you needed was that one
0: card. (laughs) That'll bring me up to 10.4. I'll do this. I'll even give you this last card of mine. How about that? Okay. I'm gonna give it to you. By the way, Will Clark, first round draft pick, second overall by the Giants in the nineteen eighty five draft. Remember uh remember Will's middle name? Yeah, the thrill. <laughs> no, even better than that, William neuschler Clark.
1: <laughs> neuschler
0: The New Isn't that
1: the stuff they put in candy bars?
0: <laughs> no, I believe that's Nougat. Oh
1: gosh, that nougat.
0: Yeah. Uh, and not also to be uh, confused with Naga Hide,
1: which no, you don't do want in candy bars. Those, no, yeah.
0: no. Yeah. Don't put those in candy bars. Uh, let's see. Yeah. I, I, I have a feeling I've, I, I feel like I've seen him in some pop culture stuff, but I don't see anything here in Wikipedia and, uh, we're trying to wrap the show up. So, <laughs> and I feel like I've got enough. Uh, yeah. so I am going to, as I said, I'm going to give you this last card of mine. Uh, I had a 10.8 overall. You're at 4.8. So if Randy Kucher can get you six <laughs> points,
1: you're in. It was the year Randy Kutcher hit 60 home runs. <laughs> Don't you remember that? <laughs> uh, I was all over it. I remember networks breaking in
0: uh, live to carry his at bats. Uh, yep. I do remember that. Uh, Randy Kuchar... Let's see, five years in the big leagues, two with the Giants, three with the Red Sox. Oh, bad news for you, 1990 was his last year in baseball.
1: Oh, it. At least in
0: the big leagues. Oh, uh, nothing unlike it. Good news for you, oh, he's got a mustache, he's got eye black, and he's got real stirrups. So that'll take you up to 5.1.
1: Right on. Don't,
0: don't ever say I didn't do anything for you. Yeah. <laughs> If he'd only had seven
1: mustaches. (laughs) Uh,
0: He was traded by the Giants to the Red Sox to complete an earlier deal upon which uh, Dave Henderson was sent to the Red Sox. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Of course, Dave Henderson hit a huge home run for Boston
1: uh, against California. Mm
0: -hmm. Let's see. Also played in Mexico, the Monterey Sultans, but there is no stats there, so. No pictures, can't prove it happened. But anyway, that is going to do it. That's going to bump me up to eight wins coming out hot after the All-Star break. All right, eight, seven. uh, That's going to do it for this edition of Wax Pack Heroes. Also going to wrap it up here for this uh, episode. Thank everybody for joining. If you want more of us, you can find us on the social medias. Best place to find us is either on Threads or on our Facebook page. Uh, Still getting used to Threads, but I've been posting there a couple of times a day. uh, And uh, I see we've got some people that are following us there already, so we appreciate that. Also, uh, you can find all of our links in the show notes, as well as It's Becoming a Cult Phenomenon, our Gmail address that Mark's going to tell you about.
1: Yes, it's uh, it's a beautiful Gmail address, It's uh, and and it's hard to remember. It's two strike noise at gmail.com.
0: Spell it out, T-W-O, Strike Noise. That's right. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thank everybody for listening. We're back in swing of things here. We appreciate you listening, and uh, you know what, Mark? This was so much fun. Let's do it again next week.
1: I think I'll be up for that.
0: All right, well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of
1: Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day, y'all.